I don't care what track you on. They've been on that tracking off a long time ago. You did run well, but who did hinder you? For those of you that are making decisions right now, what you like or dislike about what's going on at home, you're going to have to make a conscious decision, amen, to do better when you get older. And you're going to have to work at it. And you know what? Don't be like a lot of these folks sitting in here that's older than you, right? Don't spend another 18 years of your life blaming your mom and them for what didn't go right in your life. It's your turn now. Show us what you can do. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and he should be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Come worship with us. Enter the nomination of faith, church of the living God. 1279 Pickett Road, Leesville, Louisiana, where God is first and people are always. Word of God with simplicity and revelation. Now, let's join Dr. Barton for today's message. So what I'm talking about is not just going through the motions. I'm talking about going through a, a total radical change. I'm talking about convincing yourself that God is real. I'm talking about you going through such a change that you won't even recognize yourself. You're going to be like, where was that pitiful person that I used to know that was always depressed and discouraged and crying about things? Where is she? Where is that person, amen, that I used to know that was always telling me, you know what, you're never going to make it. You're never going to accomplish and achieve what God has in store for you. I wonder where that person is. You know what? That person left because you have been recreated in Christ. Here's the problem I have with our salvation messages. Because a lot of times we're trying to save people to get them to heaven while they go through life miserable. And we tell them things like, well, one glad morning, when this life is over, we're going to fly away and be at rest. And when I die, hallelujah, bye and bye. I'm going to fly away. And we're trying to fly away. We're trying to use heaven as an escape from misery and from the world. But God did not save you for you to just wait 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 years or so with the greatest force on the inside of you. And just live through pity and misery. That's not the Bible I read. God saved you for a purpose. I said God saved you for a purpose. I said God saved you for a purpose. It's not your purpose. It's for a divine purpose. He saved you so that he can demonstrate through you how bad he is. See, the world is not convinced yet. You know why? Because they have the God, the little G. They have their little gods of this world. 
But until the church rises up to become the force that God has ordained us to be, until we stop being satisfied with our little church services, with our little prayer meetings, and start going into the highways, into the byways, into the street corners, I'm telling you, using every tool, every means to preach the gospel and demonstrate the gospel, let me tell you, God has held back his return because we have not been who God has declared us to be. A moving force making a change. When was the last time you entered somebody's house and somebody just got convicted just by your presence? Or did they get so comfortable with you that you just fit in with what they were doing? Oh, I guess I'm just going to join the party. See, when people get so comfortable with cursing around you, I mean, you got to check yourself. See, <laughs> can I just take my time? I'm going to take my time anyway. I just want to save you alive. It's Friday night. If people of the world can get so comfortable with their sins around you and it not evoke some type of conviction in them, it's something special about that man. It's something special about that woman. And I've got to watch how. Okay, see, the, the Bible talks about the glory of the Lord being upon a person where it even commands respect from the world. The Bible says God knows how to make your enemies be at peace with you. They may not like you, but they show enough respect you. You know why? Because you're just not like them. And you don't use that to belittle them. You use your difference and the change that God made in you to provoke them to enter into that same experience. If God can save me, guess what? He can save you too. You may be the chiefest of sinners, but guess what? God still has a plan for your life. And one song says if he has to reach way down, he'll lift you up, he'll pick you up, he'll turn your life around. Some of you know what I'm talking about because you know what God has done in your life. You know what the power of transformation is like because you are no longer the man or woman you used to be. You've been changed. Somebody lift up your hands and say, God, thank you for changing me. Why are you comfortable with being the same? You laugh at me because I'm different. I'm laughing at you because you're the same. You don't realize that my difference is what's making the, the glory of the Lord begin to penetrate through my life. Oh, no, it's not me. I would love to tell you that it's me, but it's the God in me. I'm telling you, when you get God on the inside of you, it's going to turn your ugliness into loveliness. It's going to turn your curses, come on, somebody, into blessings. It's going to turn your bitterness, come on, somebody, into the beauty of the Lord. I'm telling you, when God really gets a hold of you and changes your life, 
2012 is your year for change. You're under, um, you're under an anointing right now of change. Change. Get rid things are about to change in your life. Things are about to change in your thinking. Things are about to change in your heart. That old bitterness that you've been carrying for 5, 10, 20 years is about to be dissipated because the glory of the Lord is about to hit your life in a supernatural, uncommon, extraordinary way. You're about to be transformed. How many of you ready for that? Say amen. amen. Let me show you this. I want to go back to, uh, thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm just going to flow with him tonight. Go to Luke chapter 5. I got to give you more word. Go to Luke chapter 5. Somebody say transform. transform. Glory to God. Luke chapter 5. Look at verse 36. And he spake also a parable unto them, Jesus. He spoke in parables. He used parables to illustrate principles of the kingdom. They did not have the Holy Spirit within them during this time. So he had to use natural illustrations to explain spiritual principles. So he spoke in parables. No man put it a piece of a new garment upon an old. If otherwise, then both the new make it a rent or a tear. And the piece that was taken out of the new agreed not with the old. <laughs> oh, this going to be good, I tell you. Hold on to your seat. And no man put it new wine into old bottles. Else the new wine will burst the bottles and be spilled and the bottles shall perish. But new wine must be put into new bottles, and both are preserved. No man also having drunk old wine straightway desired new, for he said the old is better. Now, I, I can hear some of you right now with your carnal thinking. Jesus said we can drink wine. <laughs> so after this conference, I'm going to take a, a sip. See, we can find scripture to try to justify our old habits. But you've got to understand the kind of wine Jesus was talking about. What kind of wine was he talking about? Talk to me. He's talking about the spirit. But he's using natural wine to explain what happens when you taste of the new wine. See, natural wine, the Bible says, when you drink of wine, you will uh, become intoxicated. A man that uh, partakes of, of wine, you, you will become intoxicated. Because here's the thing, you drink one, you're not going to be satisfied with one. You're going to keep drinking and drinking and drinking and drinking and drinking. So to, the Bible says to drink it, you're, you're not wise. Look at Adam. Look at Adam and Eve in the beginning. Just one bite. This one bite brought about a devastation of sin and curses and depravity. The enemy can use just one bite or one sip to get you intoxicated. But God can take of his Holy Spirit and one taste will cause you to just keep wanting more and more. 
and more. How many of you were like this? Let me tell you, when you remember when you first got saved? I don't know what that means, first got saved. Because you don't get saved for a second time, third time, fourth time. See, it was good the first time. And then you kept wanting what? You kept wanting more. Because you were not satisfied with just the taste. You were not satisfied with just the sip. And now you just keep drinking of that new wine, of that new wine. And God is filling you with his new wine. And, with, and he's filling you with his wisdom. And he's filling you with his love. And he's filling you with his power. And he's filling you with his anointing. And he's filling you with destiny. And he's filling you with purpose. And he's filling you with good things. And you just keep wanting more. And more. A, a person who is complacent with where they used to be, you're not where you need to be. Because what God has given you will always require, you're going to always be wanting more and more and more. It's not selfishness, it's requirement. Because God created us in his image and in his likeness. In other words, we, are, we cannot function without God. We cannot live without God. We cannot even breathe without God. We were created from him. So in order for us to really abound in his purpose and in what he called us to be, we're going to have to stay connected with him. And the further and further away you get from God is the further and further away you get from the very substance that's keeping you alive today. And therefore, we have people, when the presence of the Lord is not operative or activating in their life, they get further and further away. They lose consciousness of God. They lose consciousness of his presence. They lose consciousness of his will for their lives. It's because they've been intoxicated by the wrong wine. There's a wine of the Spirit that when you taste of it, you can't settle for the wine of the world. Because what God has in store for you is so much better than what you've been accustomed to. But notice Jesus said you cannot take new wine and put it in the old bottles. You cannot take something fresh and try to place it within something that is old. Because the old will corrupt the new. Isn't it something how the Bible talks about bad communication, corrupting good manners? Isn't it something how you can be more influenced by negative than you can be more influenced by positive? Have you ever thought about that? Isn't it something how, brother, let me use you for an example. Isn't it something how, just stand right here, brother. Isn't it something how it's easy for people to pull you down, pull me down? Be careful with me. <laughs> then it is for people to try to bring you up. This concludes our message for today. 